Hi, I'm Lynn. Welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught, a podcast where me and my friend Alistair talk about REM, or at least nominally about REM. Uh, we talk about music and life and myriad other things. Anyway, we are very bad, particularly in these early episodes, at doing any kind of introductions. Uh, so I've pasted this in. You can find us on the internet and get in touch. Ali is on Twitter at RusaFilesU, and I am not on Twitter. Uh, but you can contact me via the email address at the end of the podcast. Other than that, thanks very much for listening, and all the best. Excellent. Uh, welcome back to... Gentlemen, don't get caught. Talk about Carnival of Sorts, parentheses, boxcars. Yes, who are we, Lynn? I'm Lynn, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> And we hosts for Gentlemen Don't Get Caught. We talk about Carnival of Sorts. Parentheses yes. postcards. The third track on RM's first EP, Chronic Town. It is, yes. And what is going on with the intro? Sorry, I've totally thrown you off. Yeah, well, the reason we're doing this intro in this way is because this is a weird intro, but also the intro to the song is weird. So it's not just that we're weird. This was all planned. All planned, exactly. So there are weird tinny noises. Are they from some kind of toy? Are they from a carnival? I don't know. It kind of sounds, yeah, like a sort of circus tune. Like it's... But it's played... That kind of thing. But it's played on some, like, weird instrument. So I don't know whether it's, like, a weird instrument that they've like an organy thing that they've got hold of, or whether it's just like a recording that they did and just kind of crossed in, but it's apt for a song called Carnival of Sorts. It certainly is. Um, then it kind of becomes a bit sinister. I'm doing it in a much less way. I'm doing it like it was done on a bass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that doesn't sound sinister at all. Or did it? I don't know. Um... Yeah, I guess I guess if you played it backwards, ominous. It sound... Ominous is the word. Sorry, I'm having flashbacks to left-handed friends telling me that sinister is offensive. Oh yes, as we've as I think we may have discussed previously. But it is quite ominous for a song that actually once it gets into it does not seem that ominous. Yeah, that's kind of some. It's either drummers tapping his sticks together or tapping the sticks on like the rim of the snare drum as the guitar goes. Kind of a kind of clicky sound before we launch into the thing. <laughs> Right. Sorry for this interruption <laughs> to the discussion. Yeah. I'm finding it very difficult to hold this song on my mind. Like, I quite like it when I listen to it, but it just doesn't stick. Mm. All I can think of is Boxcar, Buck Murder, Chronic <laughs> Town, <laughs> and I'm worried that I can only remember the bit that goes Chronic Town because it's named the name EP, of the EP, and I'm like, the name of the EP is in the song. Please, please be real. Is that the lyric? I don't even know. This is this is more diff- maybe even more difficult than Gardening at mm. Night to tell what the lyrics are. <laughs> Boxcar, box, new, new. Another lyric I can't fathom. <laughs> do you have the lyrics again? Sorry, uh, I do. I'm just turning yes. to you as the lyrical pilot. Yeah. So there's a secret stigma, reaping wheel, diminish a carnival of sorts, chronic town, poster torn, reaping wheel, stranger, stranger to these parts. Okay, this does sound more ominous. It sounds super freaking on ominous. <laughs> so the intro's ominous. The lyrics are ominous. The general rest of the song is not particularly ominous. I mean, it's not sung in a particularly ominous yeah. way. The guitars on it's quite it's quite upbeat. Possibly my favourite of 
something fell over. Oh. It's a hardback copy of Shisako Endo's Foreign Studies. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I may still have your copy of Silence. Which... No, I think I took it back last time I was oh, at your house. Oh, okay. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to have that thing for like about eight years. That's fine. Um, and, and Carrie read it, but I didn't. Anyway, yeah. So as I was as I was saying before, Shisaku Endo, Endo, I think, rudely interrupted us from beyond the grave by throwing his book on the floor. Because <laughs> otherwise, how is how is Shisaku Endo Endo going to be mentioned on our REM podcast? So he had to intervene. <laughs> yeah. So we can talk about him. <laughs> That's definitely what it was. I'm only about a quarter of the way through that book because mm. I keep getting distracted by another book. That's good that you are reading books. We should mention that we're still in lockdown at this point yeah. of recording the podcast. So, you know, we're making the best use of our time by recording this podcast. Indeed. Uh, and I am watching lots of films because when you have a film podcast, you start to get insecurity about not having seen all the films because there are many people out there on film Twitter who have, in fact, seen all the films. I find that hard to believe. I mean, I, I find it easy to believe that they've seen a lot more films than me. Well, but, you know. <laughs> and more than me. Uh, that is the a regular theme of my podcast is especially when you're on is that we like burnish our film credentials by mentioning all the films that we probably should have seen but haven't. Yeah, just to, just before anyone asks you, yes. they are aware that we haven't seen them. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. I saw Southland Tales the other day. Oh, okay. Did not understand what was going on, nor did I know they had the rock in it. Oh, okay. Not only have I not seen that film, I. I'm not sure I've even heard of it. So. No, it was by the guy that directed Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah. Uh, was this a movie pick? Uh, yes, it was. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yes. I've seen. I've seen that that is on there. But because as soon as you said it was by the Donnie Darko guy, I was like, oh yeah, I've read the blurb to that. <laughs> it's the kind of film that I suspected I would like, and maybe didn't like as much as I thought I would. I think partly because mm. it was so long. I think had it been a bit shorter, I would have been like, yeah, this is cool and weird. And like sci-fi mm. weird, and I didn't understand it. But it sort of overstayed its welcome. Uh, yeah, a little bit, and it's very much of its time. Mm. So I think it was released in two thousand six. Oh, okay. And it's kind of set in like a fictionalized two thousand and eight. Mm. <laughs> and there's and so much so much of it is like yeah, everything has gone terribly, but not in the way that it actually went. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> this is turning into an episode of your excellent podcast, Ali. Russophiles unite. As I always intended. <laughs> Uh, well, what can we learn about the world from Carnival of Sorts, parentheses, boxcars? Uh, I would quite like to know what a boxcar even is. It seems like an American. It's mentioned on American song. Isn't it a train car? Like a train carriage that is designed for cargo? Yeah, that that makes that makes sense that it would be. That's my bet. Um, um, I don't know what that means in the sense of this, like whether they're boxcars carrying stuff for a carnival. I mean, that seems like a, a good way of getting somewhere from point A to point B, I suppose. Uh, yes, Wikipedia confirms my hypothesis. Ah. That there's a North American term for railroad car enclosed ah. and generally used to carry freight. Nice. So we would just call that a freight car. We would just call it a freight car, yeah. So there are many songs about trains, just train songs. That's a that's a that's a <laughs> Chattanooga choo choo. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking Folsom Prison Blues. Also, because it's not really about trains. Is it about trains? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I have heard that that Johnny Cash album. It starts with a guy in prison contemplating trains uh, and how the people on the train are free and he is not. Okay. And it also has that same kind of rhythm, which of course is, is kind of common in that sort of music. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear the train are coming, you know. So thematically and lyrically linked. Does, I don't know, now I'm, ah, I'm getting paranoid now. I'm, there's a vast conspiracy of songs that sound like trains. And I don't know which is one of them. Boxcar, murder. Uh, <laughs> Does it sound like a train? I, I can't tell anymore. I wouldn't have said so particularly, although it, it, it's going on at quite a pace. I was thinking this song would be great to have seen them playing live just because it's got a lot of energy to it and you can easily mm. see like tapping a foot along or not exactly headbanging along, but there's enough of a rhythm to actually not just stand there. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, a boxcar's mentioned in the lyrics. Yes, yeah, it's uh, boxcars are pulling out of town, and that's repeated like three okay. times. Uh, I'm trying to think how that even sounds. Again, as we've discussed, <laughs> boxcars. Uh, yeah, I can't even. I can't even place it in the tune. I'm gonna have to listen to it. I think my favourite lyric of this song is "Gentlemen, Gentlemen don't, don't get, get caught." caught. Cages under cage. Um, and I'm not sure whether it's a statement that if you're a gentleman, you don't get caught because that's not a thing that gentlemen do, or whether it's an admonishment or an imperative to gentlemen. Gentlemen, don't get caught. Ah. Did you, sorry, did you say cages under cage? Cages under cage, yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. It's a song about Nicholas Cage. It is, although I think this was probably predated his earlier film role so it's a prophetic song about the rise to stardom of Nicolas Cage that is definitely what it is what's your favorite Nicolas Cage film while I'm looking this up oh uh Raising Arizona is very fun saw that on a plane one time and I would like to revisit it I haven't seen that many considering how like insanely prolific he's been I feel like I've only seen a handful of his his things did you know, know there's actually a podcast uh which i will now plug i've only listened to one episode but i, I see it on twitter all the time called cage's kiss that <laughs> does each of his films because he's been so prolific that you can actually do a cage cast i'm on imdb and discovered that his very first credit was 1981 oh so they were early dun, dun, dun. They were early fans and they just saw his his uh, meteoric rise to dardom <laughs> Outro. What do you think of the outro to this song? If you can, if you can oh, remember man, it. I need to listen. <laughs> no, it just doesn't stay in my head. Like the rules to Concordia, Concordia fans. Uh, I, that is not a game you have introduced me to, and you have introduced me to quite a few over the years. Yeah, we should play Concordia. Uh, it's great, but for some reason, as someone that like, I don't want to be mm. immodest, but is usually pretty good at remembering how to play games. <laughs> I play Concordia a lot, and every time I go back, I'm still like, I don't remember how this game works. <laughs> Fortunately, my other half is does tend to remember how Concordia works. Yeah, this this one actually has a fade out, um, but it kind of the oh yeah, it goes vocals get um, not exactly screamy, but. He's he's kind of like because he's pushing his voice a, a bit more. It's kind of like his voice is starting to kind of crack up a bit. Yeah, as it kind of goes out. Yeah, and that kind of cracking sort of coincides with the drop in volume. I feel like fade outs is a, a not a thing that really happens anymore. Is this true? That's a good question. I feel like we're going to the new century and then the end of the fade out. Mm. 
broadly speaking. I feel like I don't listen to enough contemporary contemporary music. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I listen to quite a lot of music from the first decade of the century and can't think of many things that have fade-outs, but I'm probably wrong. Were fade-outs gone by the 90s? Good question. I feel like uh, fade-outs were still about in the 90s. I don't know. It's blown my mind. But yeah, I, I I do like this one quite a lot, even if I can't quite remember how it goes. Yeah, why doesn't it stick in your mind? It's like I really enjoy it when I'm listening to it, but then it just fades away. And what what do you think is meant by a chronic town? Hmm. Considering it's it's the the you know collocation that they decided to name the whole EP after. It's kind of like so if it's if we're if we're relating it to the song, which is about a train with a carnival potentially, or mm. a train that's like carnival, or some boxcars, or some freight that are leaving town. Uh, I don't know. That, that it sounds kind of like. A description of a town that someone is fed up of living in or feels trapped in. Yeah. That feels repetitive. Yes, because chronic doesn't have very many positive connotations, let's face it. No, and it's kind of a it's a persistent yeah. thing. Yeah, that's how it sounds. Now whether they're wishing that they could be in that boxcar. I don't know why I got a slight sort of radio four voice there. Um <laughs> uh-uh. or was it like late night <laughs> late night commercial radio? <laughs> oh no. Alum's deep bath. <laughs> oh no, this is turning into a podridge, uh, a podridge part podcast. <laughs> a podridge, a podridge I'm not podcast. Promising, I'm not promising no, to do a partridge podcast. podcast. There's got to be one of those already, and there I think must be about ten. I would have thought, but am I wrong? There's like a million. <laughs> oh no, I'm stuck in partridge voice now. That's awful. <laughs> Any final thoughts about carnival of sorts? Yeah, do you think it's a literal carnival? I guess not, seeing as of sorts. I think maybe we're reading too much into these lyrics. I think I think it's deliberately enigmatic. Like this podcast? <laughs> yes. No, I think it's accidentally enigmatic. My intentionality is for coherence and rationality and, you know, in-depth discussion about feelings and nostalgia <laughs> and... That kind of thing. I should have written a manifesto about it, really. You should have done, and then I'm just turning up. I've never written a manifesto. What am I doing with my life? Yeah, I mean, most people have, have like, at least three under their belt by by your vintage. That's right. On average, you've got to write, like, a manifesto a decade, at least. Yeah, your one prior to turning ten is probably... <laughs> it's, it's about how your parents are wrong for telling you not to do things or something. I, I'm pretty sure... And how they should give you more allowance and let you buy a hamster. <laughs> yeah. This is a fundamental <laughs> declaration of the rights of Lynn. A, a friend a friend of mine made their daughter do a PowerPoint presentation about how she was going to take care of their guinea pigs if, before she was allowed to have guinea pigs. Mm. <laughs> I won't name them on this podcast, but this is a true story. The, the rationale being that if they couldn't see through the extremely tedious task of, of putting together a, a a powerpoint then they really didn't want a guinea pig that much i i, I think i like i assume so <laughs> i like their thinking that's that's good work <laughs> i can't remember whether it had to have animations or not <laughs> cool i don't know i'll do cool indeed i'll, I'll pull yes. something together <laughs> Sorry, I hijacked it again by turning into oh, no, Alan no, Partridge. Not at all. I enjoy that. <laughs> um, I, I, I enjoy it. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On. GDGCpodcast at gmail.com.